Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to episode 33 of the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is Darla, and I am so glad that you're here today. I have an interview with a new friend of mine. Her name is Cammie DeWitt. And a while back, she saw one of my stories on Instagram, and I was walking around my neighborhood um, filming this story. And she messaged me and said, hey, your neighborhood looks a lot like my neighborhood. I bet we live close to each other. Let's meet up. And sure enough, we do live pretty close to each other. And we were able to go to lunch a few weeks ago. And I absolutely was filled up by meeting Cammie and hearing her story. And she is amazing and has so much to share. So the ironic thing is that she's coming on this podcast about motherhood and she's not a mother herself. She's 42 years old. She's single and never been married and has never had children. But she has amazing perspective on motherhood that I think will resonate with everyone. I really think that you will love hearing her perspective and her take on motherhood. She talks about the real and raw things that she's gone through, you know, of feeling the bitterness towards God and the anger and how she's been able to work through that and how she works through the day, the tough days that she still has of, you know, those life goals that she had not coming true. But really what it boils down to is she has gained a perspective that Heavenly Father has answered her prayers and given her what she needed. And she's really grateful for that and has such faith and a great testimony. She also has a great perspective on spirituality and motherhood because she coaches mothers and helps mothers. And she shares one or two things that are just so amazing. If you're struggling in motherhood, if you're struggling with feeling God and knowing if he's there, she just gives, you know, the greatest advice of a place to start of where you can go to get started in feeling that again and knowing that Heavenly Father loves you and that you have his spirit to be with you to help you in motherhood and in life. Cammie is a light. She's full of hope and I love what she shared. And so I'm excited to share this interview with Cammie DeWitt. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. I am so excited to have you here today for episode 33. My guest today is Cammie DeWitt, and I am so excited for you to meet her and to hear her story, a very interesting perspective on motherhood. So welcome to the podcast, Cammie. Thanks, Darla. Thanks for having me. Okay, so to start out, will you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you like to do for fun? Just give us an idea of who Cammie is. <laughs> yes, I love this. And, and you know, when I first met you, we talked about this for a quick second, but Normally when people ask me that, they're, they kind of want to know, oh, who are you? What do you do? It's like when you go to college, you're like, what's your major? You know, mm-hmm. like the first question. So the short answer is what I really want to tell people is, hi, I'm Cami, and I am light. I am love and I'm happiness and I bring value wherever I go. And that's something that I try to live by. But I think the answer most people want to know is where are you from and what's your major, right? <laughs> so I am an Arizona native. There are not a lot of us, I guess, here. I grew up in Sholo, so small town up north, not a lot of people. And then I went to college for a couple years, went on a mission. That was crazy, the coolest thing, also so crazy. <laughs> um, and then I've been living down here in Gilbert for the last, I don't know, almost 20 years. I did mortgages for a while. I managed offices for a while. And always there's been something missing, especially, 
you know, all of you or many of you have gotten a mortgage and you understand how fun that isn't <laughs> on your end. <laughs> it's a lot and that's what you were dealing with every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, when the, when the whole, what we refer to as the recession, right. When all that was going on, it was hard and it, every day was a fight. And I remember just praying saying, my father, I don't want to fight anymore. Please help me find something where I don't have to fight. I randomly got a call from a family member and I ended up working for him for several years and it was great. And even while being there, I started seeing a life coach and it was like, there's, there's, this is missing. So many people need this. And as I, as I watched people at church, that sounds creepy, but as I watched people in church, I recognized that we all come with this smile and hi, nice to meet you. Everything's great. Oh, it's so good to see you. You know, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. But on the inside, a lot of the people I know, and I found even in myself, I'm like crumbling inside. I'm not happy. I'm sad. And it was like, wait, 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 wait. There's got to be a way to help people understand and to help them reconnect with who they really are and help them find a voice. I didn't tell you this part. I grew up super shy, super shy, which is funny <laughs> to people I know now. They're like, what? I'm laughing yeah. at that. <laughs> True story. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it turns out that I wasn't shy. I was just insecure, super insecure. The more I'm learning about myself, that I was just insecurity. And so I wanted to find a way to help pull that out of people and help them be okay, even if they're not doing great, even if life kind of is crappy, because sometimes it is. And so in my chicken way, right, I started doing parenting classes first. So I did parenting classes, and what you may not know about me is that I'm single, and I have no children, and I got parenting certified. <laughs> But it's been kind of cool because that just comes naturally to me. And then through the course of that, then I actually became life coach certified. So I've been doing it for about four years and it's kind of the coolest thing I've ever done, if I'm being honest. That's that's awesome. And I love that you shared, you know, that you started out doing parenting classes and you're not a parent <laughs> yourself, but I think that I think that's really interesting. I think that you can give people a different perspective and I, I really think that has got to add a lot of value to your clients. It's kind of cool because a lot of the, I mean, think about your job as a mom, a lot of your frustrations as a person, your kids and the stresses that you have with your kids. And so I use that actually a lot in just life coaching as I'm helping women yeah. with their own self because it ties in together because once you're a mom, that never goes away. Right. Ever, ever. In fact, my mom's driving down here today to help my brother with his kids like, your job's never done. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. You don't just send them off at 18 and that's it. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to go back and I want to talk about motherhood from your perspective. So okay. recently we heard the prophet Russell M. Nelson say this. Please note that anytime I use the word mother, I am not talking only about women who have given birth or adopted children in this life. I am speaking about all of our heavenly parents, adult daughters. Every woman is a mother by virtue of her eternal divine destiny. So that was just recently in general conference. So with that quote in mind, what have been some of your experiences in motherhood? <laughs> That's funny because I used to be the the person who was like, ugh, mothers, and I'd roll my eye, right? Like, yeah. oh, the greatest calling you could ever have. And and I kind of beat myself up about that, to well, be honest, I think a for lot a while. Of, I think in our culture, in the church, I think a lot of people could relate to that, you know? I think so, whether it's infertility, whether uh -huh. it's being single, whether it's you know, situations happen where you don't have custody of your children. Like there's so many different variables that could go into that where, well, even, even those who do have children don't feel fit to be a mother. Like yeah. it, 
it's kind of all encompassing. And whereas I was a little bit bratty for a long time (laughs) about that, it's been a journey for me, but I started to embrace that. And, you know, it's funny in my 16 year old journal, my little precious moments journal, don't be jealous. You know, you have one. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I should have brought it out here. Um, Anyways, when I was 16, you know how in, in young women's, how you write down your goals and, and I wanted to be this, I wanted to graduate and I wanted to marry a return missionary in the temple. And of course he was going to be, is, I'm going to go with is, but my, my then was right. It's, yeah. I'm 42, a little different than when you're like, Oh, 18, I'm going to get married. And, and that worked for a lot of people, but obviously not in my cards, but, but I wanted this, this husband and he was going to love his job and we were going to buy this home and we were going to have the perfect kids, which I think we all had that dream, right? Uh-huh, for um, sure. We we're going to have the perfect kids and everything was going to be great and wonderful. And we were going to be the fun house and live happily ever after. And 0%, 0% way to way to have some goals, right? 0% of that came through. And so I actually was upset with Heavenly Father for a while and I was never able to voice it until I went through some therapy and did some coaching to to be real with where I am and and that and it's interesting at one point I was able to look at things a little bit differently and see that I didn't marry a return missionary but I'm a return missionary. I didn't get married in the temple but I go to the temple. In fact, I get to work in the Gilbert Temple. I'm so blessed. I love 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 it there every week. I'm not married to a man who loves his job, but I love my job and I didn't buy a home with him, but I've purchased and sold several homes. And even though I haven't had my home be the fun home with all of my kids and their friends coming over, it's been the fun home for neighbors and uh, teenagers, young women. Sometimes they've even run away, right? When they're, oh, teenagers are so hard. Being a teenager, it's hard. And they've run away and my, my home has been a safe haven and still is. For those kids. And so even though I quote unquote didn't obtain any of those goals, Heavenly Father's allowed me to see that I'm right exactly on track with all the goals that I set for myself back then. Yeah. That's amazing that you've you've been able to come to that perspective and and I'm sure that it wasn't easy. I mean, I am sure oh. that you have had hard days and hard years, maybe even. Oh, like Mother's Day um, yeah. when I want to run away. And right, where you've, I'm sure you've had times where you've longed to be a mother because that's that's in your heart. You're, you know, that's, so how have you dealt with those feelings? And then, you know, what have you learned from that? I have a great friend who used to live in my ward and she went through infertility for a long time and she adopted a son. And then the Mother's Day has always been hard for her. And she's had four kids since then of her own, which is super incredible. But I remember that when she had her first daughter, and it was Mother's Day, and she just cried and cried and cried. Oh, I'm going to cry because I didn't share this part with you. She walked over and put her baby in my arms and let me just snuggle her baby that day. And that was a turning point for me that I don't have to bear children to love children. And also through my siblings' children, my nieces and nephews, I've learned that I don't have to bear children to be able to have an impact on them to be able to discipline them. <laughs> My poor nieces and nephews, <laughs> their parents will tell them to do something. And instead of the eye roll, I'll be like, okay, mom. And then they look at me like seriously, but have been able to be a part of all their lives from baby on up. So there's days where it's hard and it's like, seriously, this is it. And then there's days where it's, I know I'm exactly where Heavenly Father needs me to be because I'm helping those women who need it. 
Yeah, you are. And and you never know, like your impact might be greater doing what you're doing. I mean, we don't know what God's plan is. And lots of people have times where they feel bitter or anger towards God, whether it be not being able to be a mother or other life circumstances that come our way. And that's something that you can relate to, you know, to anybody. Anybody can relate to that. You know, and most days it's, I'm totally, most, literally most days I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. But there, there are moments and especially one specifically that I'll never forget was my youngest sister is 13 years younger than me. Poor girl. She kind of grew up with four moms, but we're great friends now and it's awesome. And the day that she showed my mom or told my mom that she was pregnant with her first son, well, her only son, when she told my mom that she was pregnant, she got a little raspberry and put it in a little cellophane bag and put a little date on it. You know, it was super cute way to show my mom. And we were at my parents' house and of course, it's her baby having a baby. So, of course, that was kind of a big deal for her. And as I sat back, I was videotaping it. And as I sat back and watched the whole thing, I fell apart like hot mess express. <laughs> like, literally, I was a hot mess. Of course, I didn't cry in front of them. I waited because I didn't want my sister to feel bad. In fact, I don't even think she knows the story. Hi. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of the hardest days, I think, of my whole entire life. Because of this, this sounds super weird and maybe a lot of it selfish, but because of the look on my mom's face, I realized I will never be able to give her that feeling. And I mean, that was, I don't know, six years ago. He's the coolest kid and I adore him. But I look at it completely different. I, I feel like I look at it completely different now because I allowed that to be an opportunity for me to grow closer to Heavenly Father instead of run away like I had in years past. Man, I'm all kinds of weepy today. <laughs> How's that for vulnerability? That is totally okay. And I th- I think the point the point here is that you figured some things out and you've found some peace and you you know who you are. For sure you said that in your introduction. You know who you are. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't have hard times or or have doubts or have, you know, things come up that are hard, but overall you know who you are and you've you've been able to rely on him and to get through a lot of things. And when things crop up, you're able to go back to him. And, you know, it's like this ongoing relationship. Like, I don't ever want anyone to think that, you know, we just figure something out and we just know it and we just move on and never have a hard time again. Like, that's not <laughs> life, be great. right? But, but what would you say to someone who's feeling that anger and bitterness towards God for any life circumstances? What would you say to that woman to get to a place where most of the time, you know, they have peace and they know who they are and, and how to deal with that? Well, I would say, first of all, to feel it. Allow yourself yeah. to feel it. We live in a world that's like, oh, it's bad. I have I have this or I have that. And we're quick to put labels on things instead of just like, you know what? Today sucks. I'm sad and feel sad, right? And be mad. And there's several different techniques that you can go and tools that you can do or use for that. But number one, I would say, let yourself feel it, but be open with it. Like Heavenly Father already knows you're mad, but he just wants us to talk to him. So I talk to him. Sometimes I'm going to make myself sound a little bit crazy, but sometimes I talk to him like he's sitting in my car and I can have a normal conversation. So it feels more real for me. And then of course there's times where I'm on my knees, you know, where it's a little more heartfelt, but first of all, I would say, feel it. And then second of all, I would say, talk to where the problem is, right? If the quote unquote problem is heavenly father and, and he's not giving you what you want, even though it's your righteous desire. And we've been taught that ask and you shall receive it. Right. 
I, I think it's interesting that we feel like we have to receive things in our timeline. And that's something I've definitely learned is, and it's been one of my struggles is trusting the Lord's timeline instead of mine. Uh, I can be a little impatient, <laughs> but I've, I've learned to, and, and it's actually a process is to continually to trust, to trust that he's yeah. no, he knows what's best for me because I can say, Oh, I want this. Oh, I want this. Oh, I want this. Or I can say, Heavenly father, here's the righteous desires. Please bless me with this or something better. Because he truly knows what's best for me. I love what you said about it being a process. And, you know, that goes back to what I was just saying a few minutes ago. Like, it's not like we're just going to arrive somewhere and be okay with everything. It's it's probably never going to happen, <laughs> right? We just, it's a process so of learning to trust him and to keep going, even when it's hard and to, you know, just keep on that journey. And give yourself some grace when you when you do have a setback or it's right. not the way that you want it. I mean, when you're teaching, uh, think about this, when you're teaching your baby to walk, right? You're like hands up cheering all the things excited when they take that first step. But when they don't, when they fall, you're not, you don't let them sit there and <laughs> just be, right. a, you pick them back up and you're cheerful. and like, you can do this, you can do this. And so I try and give myself the grace of that of Heavenly Father. Like when I throw my tantrums, that he's right there saying, okay, I know I need you to pick it back up and keep going. Yeah, totally. So I would love to know your perspective as someone who has coached mothers you know, what, what do you think the number one things mom need to remember, moms need to remember about motherhood is? Well, you're not doing it alone. Even single mm. moms, like you're not alone. Heavenly mm. Father is there. I mean, first of all, we're his, we're his, <laughs> they're his. He's just letting you borrow them for a minute, but he's right there with us. And sometimes it's okay to say, oh, your turn, tag, <laughs> tag, right? And, and yeah. many, of, many of us have husbands and where you can absolutely say to your husband, it's your turn. Right. And, and I, I've learned honestly, Darla, that a lot of women don't have that voice. And you don't have to say it where it's bratty, but a lot of women don't have that voice where they say, Oh, here, it's your turn because you mean to their day. husband. Yeah. 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 Because he works all day and he's busy and the, uh, you work all day. You're busy. Um, so, so have you, the, have you helped someone through that? Have you coached yeah. someone through that? So what would you say to a, a yeah, woman absolutely. who doesn't feel like they have the support from their spouse in, in parenting? How do they, approach that subject with their husband? Well, first you got to start asking for it. Whether you ask Heavenly Father for the strength of Nephi or the courage of Esther, whoever, like ask him to help you, bless you with those things that you're literally doing what you can. And I know this comes back to primary answers of praying read your scriptures, but the primary answer is because it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's the biggest deal and it's yet the most basic. And it's simple. It's not always easy, but it's simple. You know, say your prayers, read your scriptures. But to arm yourself with that, and I don't want to say arm because you're going into a fight, but sometimes they do feel like they're going into a fight. And then I help them build themselves up to where they don't feel like they aren't worth it. Because a lot of times people feel like, and I know this sounds kind of crazy, but if you think about your life, Darla, has there been times where you don't feel like you're worth it? Yes. I know. I know. I certainly have. I don't think and, there's and anybody that could say they've never felt like that. Though the worth it, the quote unquote around worth it can apply to almost anything, whether it's monetarily, whether it's help with a baby, whether it's, you know, getting your car, getting your carpets, whatever it is, like you feel like you're not worth it. But the first thing is I would say is to help, I help them build themselves up so that they can connect with who they are. And that's my whole purpose. You know, one of my very favorite quotes is maybe the journey isn't about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that really isn't you. So you could be who you're meant to be in the first place. Mm. 
And I love that. If we can peel off all the things that aren't us, if we can just be who we are, I feel like everything else just kind of can fall into place and not fall into place because it's easy, but fall into place because we can handle it differently or handle it better. So, and then of course you have to ask, you're never going to get what you want unless you ask. So he, your husband's not going to read your mind to be like, I mean, he can, if you throw a fit and be like, I can't do fifth grade math. I've seen that. Right. Or you can just say, Hey, I'm going to need your help. Let's schedule this, this, this. So I I just think asking is kind of a big deal. And I don't know why we don't know how to ask. Have you noticed that? Yes. All of us. We don't know how to ask for help. We don't know how to ask for forgiveness. Like it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. When I go to a bridal shower and, you know, they say, you know, what's give some advice to the bride to be about marriage. My, <laughs> my number one thing that I always write is your husband is not a mind reader because I learned that. Oh, that is great. Like he can't read my mind and really he doesn't think the same way that I do. So I can't just sit there and, oh, he should totally know this. Like he doesn't. I should start giving real advice. I'm usually just a smile because I've never been married. <laughs> right. But that's what I tell people. Like, your husband's not that's a mind great. reader. He doesn't know unless you tell him. And it took me a long time to learn that. And I'm still learning it. But, you know, it's it's okay to go to them and say, I need your help with this. Or let's talk about how we can work through this. Because really, Absolutely. he probably does not think the same way that you do. And he's probably a, totally thinks everything's great and has no idea. Oh, I I watch that happen often where the wife will say something and the man's just like, Bleh. like, yeah. oh, what she really meant to, okay, this is kind of jacked up and I'm going to throw my brother out of the bus for a second. His wife has said something and he'll, he'll give a reaction. It's clearly not the reaction she's looking for. And I have been able to say, oh, the reaction she wants is, duh, 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 you know, whatever. Yeah. Or what she really is saying to you is, I need you to do this, this, and this. Oh, why didn't she say it? She's going to need you to just pick that up. You're welcome. Yeah. You're going to have to give him a few more words. And I, I, I say that often in the office I used to work with, I would say, you know, they would ask for something and I'd look at him kind of like, okay, give me about seven more words. Cause if you give me about seven more words, I can tie in what you're going to need for me. Right. Right. So just give them a few more words so they can put it together. Yeah. And it, and it's not to throw men under the bus because no. they, my husband adds so much value and recognizes so many things that I don't recognize all the time. But All the, they just think differently. They just think differently. And isn't that great that we have two people come together that think differently? And then we look at what oh, we can yeah. accomplish together when we're able to do that. But I really think we have to be direct and we have to say, you know, feel that you're worth it. You're worth it and say what you need. And if you don't feel like you're worth it, start the journey to figure it out. Yeah. Start. Would, and I always, always, one of the first things I do with people who are members of the church is, I have them start at their page. Go read your patriarchal blessing yeah. and go read what Heavenly Father tells you that you are. All the world's telling you or you're this, 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 or your friends or even yourself. We're the worst at saying, oh, I'm this or I'm this. Well, why don't you go focus on what Heavenly Father tells you that you are? And I have them write that down and then I have them practice saying it. It feels weird, but yeah. say it anyway. And then also the young woman's theme, we all memorized it. You didn't memorize it. I'm sure you can put a link on here somewhere Yeah, to say that to yourself in the mirror. Like, honest, have you ever done that? It's hard. Say that yeah. to yourself in the mirror. It might bring you a few tears. Yeah. But there's something about that. Like, we're kind of a big deal. And I think often we dismiss that. Yeah, that, that first line, we're daughters of a Heavenly Father who loves us. If you just right? know that, I mean, just that first line I mean, we're, make we're a taught since we're, I mean, what's the first song you probably ever sang to your baby? It was, I am a child of God. Right. Yeah. And we know that and we sing it, but do we always believe it? Yeah. Like, what has he sent you here to do? Right. And I think for 
a mother to be able to teach her child that, she has to know it herself first. I see often moms who don't believe that in themselves. It's, it's actually heartbreaking. And at the same time, I'm grateful that I'm able to be in a place in a space where I can help them see that. Right. And of course, we do some exercises where they can connect with who they really are. But the role as a, as a mother is exactly what that chorus is. It's to lead me, guide me, walk beside me and help me find my way. Yeah. It's not do my homework <laughs> or drag. Well, sometimes it feels like drag me and push me <laughs> because I'm not right. doing it the way I need to be done. But but literally, that's the true calling of a mother. And whether you have children or you don't have children, it all comes down to lead me, guide me, walk beside me, help me find my way. Yeah. And and he can he can do that. He can be there for us, for sure. He is there. Yeah. 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 So what have you learned from the mothers that you've coached? What have they taught you and how have they enriched your life? You know, it's interesting because I see all different kinds of mothers in here. I have mothers who have left the church and who are struggling. Um, I have mothers who are in the church and who are struggling. And and a common denominator is they're tired. And I don't think, well, I shouldn't say this because I don't know. But I was going to say, I don't think their body, their physically tired. I think they're mentally tired and because they're trying to do all the things. And I've learned through this is 100%. It's okay to take care of yourself. Yeah, It's okay. And I give anyone who can hear this permission to do something to take care of yourself. It doesn't always have to be massages and pedicures, but maybe buy yourself that new 97 cent colored nail polish and put it on your own toes, you know, like just something where you're taking time for yourself, lock yourself in your bedroom. Oh, mom, my mom did this when we were younger. My name's not mom for the rest of the day, (laughs) you know, and lock yourself in your bedroom and read a book, like whatever it is where it brings, you're able to just relax and chill and do something to take care of you. Because when you're taking care of you and you feel more relaxed and calm, you're 100% a better mom. Totally true. And I I think if I'm hearing what you're saying, right, like you would say to someone who is struggling, a mother who is struggling, first step would be know who you are. Yeah, say a prayer. Well, here's what my mission president taught me this is to ask one question. I don't care if you kneel down, like you do whatever Mm -hmm. you feel like you need to do, but ask God, are you aware of me? That's good. Are you aware of me? And then just be still and listen and look at all the places, the hand of the, we look, we call it looking for the hand of the Lord, right? Look at all the places in your life you've seen him show up for you. And then ask that question. Are you aware of me right now in my struggle? Okay. So if someone out there is struggling, there you go. There, there's a place to start. Start there. Start with that question to heavenly father. Are you aware of me? Mm -hmm. That that's amazing. And then second, look at, look in your patriarchal blessing yeah. and let him tell you again who you are. Remember how I said at the beginning, people want to know where I'm from and what I do. And I always want to lead with, I am light, love, and happiness. And my patriarchal blessing talks several times about how I'm a light and I want to be that because that's what he believes that I am. And so because he believes that, I'm trying harder to be that. Yeah. So true. All, all all great things. And it's it's hopeful. Your message is hopeful that there's 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 hope for us and that we can we can do better and we can put the natural man aside and be who Heavenly Father wants us to be. Right. So important to know that. So 
one of the things that you did tell me when we have met in the past and, and talked is that you you view the Savior as your friend, and you've developed that relationship with him. And you talked about earlier how, you know, sometimes you just sit and talk with him in your car. And I, I think that's really great. Like, I think we need to open up and say, we don't have to just kneel down and have this formal prayer. Like, think of him as our friend. Think of him as being there. So I guess I, I just wanted to point that out, that you, I, I love that you have that perspective <laughs> that, you know, he's there and that he is your friend and he has been there for you. So I always ask one final question at the end, and that is, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood? Oh, all over. Um, like I said at the beginning, I, I would push that out for a while, and yeah. he wasn't there and because I wasn't a mom. I think I did a hashtag, not a mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I've learned that as I look for him, that he is there. And, I, and that makes it kind of weird, but I right, it sounds maybe a little bit weird, but when you tell your kid to go get something, right? And they're like, I can't find it. What do you tell them? Like, I need you to look this time. Right? Yes. <laughs> I need you to go back and look because you know it's right where they're looking. And I think we need to take our own advice and look. Like, look, where is he? Look and find him. And as I've done that, I see him everywhere. Sherry Dew's book, Worth the Wrestle, I almost didn't read it because I thought the front picture was ugly. How stupid is that? That's a true story. <laughs> and I didn't understand it. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I that I ended up reading that book. But when she had her conversation with the general authority when and how, I don't know if you guys even know the story, and how she was a little bit frustrated. They wanted her to talk about being a mother. And she was like, are you kidding me? Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I get it. And I'm like, girl, I feel you. Um, but that's where the book, our, our, her talk and the little pamphlet, Are We Not All Mothers, yeah. came to be. And it's funny, on my blessing board that people call a vision board, I have that little, the front of that where it's a little picture of a girl looking at a baby that says, Are We Not All Mothers? And to help me keep it into perspective that I am a mother, I have a mothering heart, and I have just as much love in my heart for children and for teenagers. I love teenagers. How many people say that? I can <laughs> um, say that. I, I love it. You're like <laughs> one of the only other people I've ever met. I, I love them. And as I look for Heavenly Father, I see him in all the things I do that are mothering, whether it's to mother a child or whether it's to mother an adult child or whether it's to mother even. I have a sweet, sweet lady who's like, Shoot, I shouldn't put an age on this. She got a lot of kids and grandkids. <laughs> I'll <just> say that. <laughs> okay. And she's getting ready to go on a mission. And I've been able to, with my mothering heart, mother her and help her with some things as a scared, newly widowed woman going on a mission. So he's he's everywhere. We just have to look for him. So true. And Cammy, does that answer your question? Yes, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. and- you know, you're, you're a light. You really are a light and you are happiness you. and all of those things that you said. And I know that what you've shared is going to help someone else. So thank you so much for, so. for being willing to be vulnerable and to be brave and, and share your part of this journey of motherhood. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Darla. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.